You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown man run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. This is Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, it's that time again. Let's go. Free agent expert at hand. You, you nailed it last week, Ed. Excellent job. Excellent job. Uh, I'm happy to be back. Happy. Yeah. Could, could not yeah. be happier on the uh, the eve of winter meetings for those who celebrate. It's like, mm. you know, I, I'm, I'm Jewish, so I've never had the experience of Christmas Eve, but I, I get the feeling this is a little bit what that is like. Okay. Well, and listen, whatever it makes you feel good. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, it, however you want to receive your presents, if you want to have them spread out over a long period of time, or if you want them all big, one big day, let's say like Wednesday, all under the tree. And, uh, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be, there's always stuff that happens, but we've talked about this where the winter meetings, Ed, they aren't what they used to be. Everyone wants them to be. And last year wasn't bad. I got to be honest with you. It wasn't bad. What do we had? Judge. We had DeGrom, right? I think so. Uh, uh, we had, uh, we thought we had Correa, right? Oh, that was crazy. That right? was, that was, that was yeah. wild. And I think, um, I think the, as a Red Sox fan, I can just say I had an enormous, um, emotional high. They signed Ken, Kenley Jansen. They bring in, um, uh, uh, Yoshida and then they lose Xander. There's rumors that Xander Bogarts is coming back. And then I think it, 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 I was about to go to sleep and I checked my phone and he was going to the Padres for two hundred eighty million. Yeah, well, and so, I don't think I went back to sleep till three in the morning. You know, after that. It's, I'm glad you brought that up because it's one of the many reminders of like how the zig and the zag and the and the how you think you something's trending one way, but we have to be careful because it's just it's just putting stuff out there to to for leverage and and in the Bogarts case, you go back to it where somebody had a report. It was like, oh, well, you know, the Red Sox are, I forget how the phrasing was, but it, it was the night before and the Red Sox are, are really in it or like whatever, whatever it was. 
And then literally the next morning, it was, nah, he's got an 11-year deal with San Diego, and they weren't even close to being in it. I mean, they weren't even close, Ed. And then you have, you know, like you said, you have have, um, Henley Jansen, Chris Martin, Yoshida, but still everyone's still thinking about Xander Bogarts. And that's just one example. But I think it's it's really you got to be very very careful. And right now, I think the ones that we have to be careful on are the Soto stuff. And I think Otani is just going to be. We're going to find out. I do believe that that whole thing we're going to find out soon. And here's the reason why, Ed, is that because I think that Otani's doing things like he did the uh, six years ago, which is you have these meetings at the CAA offices out in LA. And from what I understand, those meetings, when they did them before, and I don't know if they're going to do exactly the same thing, but those were boom, 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 one right after the other, two hours of the whack, give us your presentation, because all these executives that have to go out there have to also, they all know they have to get back to Nashville. So I feel like this is going on, and he'll make the decision. And then and then a lot of this has to be held up, though, by Otani and Yamamoto, I guess. You got, you got to think, right? Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm was thinking back to a few years ago when I think it was Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, and it felt like they were holding up everything mm. um, for that one. And then I, um, and I think that, I think, was that the year, that might have been the year J.D. Martinez signed it, like, uh, in, like, March also. Oh, it just felt like, yeah, leading into that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the t- if the top guys don't sign, it's a lot harder for the next guys because those are, th- those could be your consolation prizes if... You don't well, get the guy that you're look, after. Yeah, I mean, look at the shortstops. Where this year, basically, the pitchers are what the shortstops were last year. There are no shortstops this year, right? Trey, exactly, none, zero. Uh, Trey Turner assigned uh, during the winter meetings, I think, or agreed. Uh, Bogart certainly did. Correa thought he did. And who am I? Oh, Dansby Swanson did. And Dansby Swanson. Uh, no, Swanson was a little bit later. I was he? Swan- Swanson was the last man oh, standing right. for a while, That's and then right. the Cubs got him. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's, yeah. So, but a lot of them came off the board. So some stuff happened, but there weren't necessarily these, these, uh, big pronouncements, these big press conferences at the winter meetings that they set the stage up for. But I mean, one of the reasons, one of the things I want to talk to you about Ed, or the thing that I want to do today is that we've so focused on all these guys. We did it in the last week's episode, with the, the top 20, but there are guys that are going to be signed who are going to be integral pieces of winning teams. And then I went back and looked at some of these um, stories after the winter meetings, Win- winners and losers of the winter meetings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what I, all the what winners, you find? right. All the winners sucked. Like all the winners were bad. Teams. <laughs> the Mets, the Padres, you know, like this, all the winners were, and and meanwhile, the the real winners are the the teams that get the guys who actually help you win. Um, that are the exact right piece that not might not necessarily be a star. So anyway, I asked you for five of outside your top twenty free agents who could actually be impactful. You have six, which I I, did, I came up with six because there was somebody that I. And I was saying this before we started recording. I'm going to save them for last. I wasn't confident in what their role is going to be, but I could okay. see them either being a really big part or just kind of being a backup. Uh, but we'll get to them. We'll get okay. To them. That's, All my, right. that's my lead in. All right. Let's roll it out. What do you got? Give me yes. 
So first one, we're going to say quarter infielder here and a guy that can hit a guy that's reputation. Uh, he had to, he was signed um, as a reclamation project. And I remember last year when this happened, I was like, oh, they might be able to flip him at the deadline if he bounces back a little bit. And that's exactly what happened. And that's Jaimar Candelario. Ah. Um, he was signed by the Nationals, ended up on the Cubs. Um you know, he's had some good years. He had a really bad 2022 uh, that saw him get non-tendered. The The Nationals bought low on him and then flipped him back to Chicago for some prospects, like I was saying. He's a switch hitter. He's got a little bit of pop. He can play passable third base. He can play some first base for you if you need him to. Uh, last year, he slashed 251 on the batting average, uh, 336, 471 on the slugging percentage. So it was a pretty decent season. He hit 39 doubles, 22 homers. You can put him in pretty much any lineup and he'll play a role provided that you need somebody either at third base, first base, or DH. That's a guy that can help a lot of teams. He's only 30, so he's got a few years. I think he gets multiple years. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like a five-year contract, but I could see him landing three somewhere and just being a nice, you know, not somebody that you're going to build your lineup about, but a, around, but a very nice complimentary piece. No, it's a, it's a great – it's a perfect example of what I was talking about because this is a guy, he's going to be a starter for you. He actually – you go back to the trade deadline. As you said, he was one of the more coveted position players. When the Cubs got him, it was like a big deal. Like, oh, here the Cubs are going to go for it. So I think that's a great one. I think it's a really, really good one. I think he's a solid player, and he's the perfect example of – he's a solid player – who's going to start for you, and the fan base is going to be like, where's Otani? You know, exactly. Like, like that, exactly. Thank, you, thank you, sir. May I have another, please? <laughs> so uh, that's a, that's perfect, though. That's perfect. So, all right, give me another one. All right, so um, we've talked a little bit about starting pitching, and in another year where starting pitching isn't as deep, this guy might be a little more coveted. But there's a bunch of guys, and we talked a little bit about him last week, but not enough that I felt like I couldn't use him for this. Mm. And that's Lucas Giolito. Mm. Um, it was really, it was a weird season for him. Uh, 29 years old, right? He, he's had good seasons with the White Sox before, and he was pitching pretty well with the White Sox this year. Um, and then he was a big trade acquisition for the Angels, and we we know what happened with the Angels. He had a three point uh, seven nine ERA over twenty one starts when he got there, um, and when he finished the season, he had a four point eight eight ERA. Uh, so it went up, uh, went up a full, pretty much a full run there, and uh, the you know nothing went well. He ended up uh, getting non tendered and picked up by I believe it was the Guardians before the end of the season. Because the Angels were trying to save money and evidently it worked because they got under the luxury tax. But it was he just kind of imploded after the trade. Um, was that because he was doing something differently? Was it because he, the Angels are just dysfunctional? It's hard to say because the White Sox are a pretty dysfunctional team as well. And he pitched fine for them. So who's who's the real G G uh, Lucas Giolito? We don't know. Um, I think though, he could I, be a he could be good. I think I think so. He is, and I know there's been rumors about him and the Dodgers, yeah. but, I mean, would would anybody be shocked if he went to the Dodgers and just dealt? I mean, it's oh, like, no. you know, the Dodgers, Tampa Bay West, in terms of pitchers. Um, Tampa Bay with uh, Tampa Bay with lots of money. With lots of money, yeah. But, I mean, in terms of turning pitchers around, you know, oh, he's yeah. he the team with a lot of the money that actually gets pitchers and, and makes even better and makes them even more – 
uh, valuable commodities. And he's from, you know, this is a bad example because he's from now there. And well, he went to the angels and sucked, but it's like, but I, you're right. If people forget, I mean, people forget how good he was for the most part until he got traded. Uh, he was, I, I saw him pitch. I was there at Yankee stadium. He pitched a perfect game through six. That's just one outing. I get it. But he was a guy who was going to give you innings. He was a top of the rotation guy. There's a reason why the Angels gave up so much to get him. And yeah, I mean, I, I think another another really, really good one. It's it's because with both of these guys, and I would imagine the other guys too, when these guys are signed by teams, everyone's gonna be like, eh, okay. All right. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. But okay, where, where's Yamamoto? Okay, yeah, yeah. So but I it wouldn't shock me at all if Giolito's Really, really good. And and G, by the way, Giolito has to, I gotta he's gotta have an opt-out. I almost oh, guarantee yeah. he gets an opt-out. I mean, if not a pillow con pillow contract, but he because I think that they they he's young enough. What he's probably one of the 30-year-olds. Right? He's 29, yeah. 20, 29, yeah. So he you put him, you you let him deal, give him another whack at it without the without this pitching heavy market, boom, you're on your way. So Good one. Two for two. What do you so, got number, th- number three? From one Geo to another Geo. Um, oh. It's it's Geo Urshela, who oh. uh, was another Angels guy. Um, I, I think he was playing shortstop for them. He's more of a third baseman, at least like historically, but they had him playing some shortstop. And he's one of these guys that was never, I think he bombed out with Cleveland and then picked up with the Yankees and did did quite well for them. And he was in the midst of another solid season. He was hitting 299, uh, 374 sl- uh, slugging percentage. He doesn't draw a ton of walks, but, you know, like he plays really good defense. And uh, he fractured his pelvis and was out for the entire season. It happened Ooh. in mid-June. Um, but there was no surgery, surgery required. So he's expected to come back into the season healthy 32 years old so not the not the youngest but at his best he's a versatile defender he can hit you between 15 20 homers give you a decent batting average uh, there's uh, especially considering how the position player market is this is a guy that you might maybe you sign him for a one year prove it deal so he can get that last contract but he's somebody that i think profiles as having a lot of upside yeah if you you know what if you want a third baseman who can field the ball and you don't feel like you want to allocate the resources to Matt Chapman, this is a guy you get. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, yeah. So it's, and, and that's so if as long as you can hit just well enough it, it, in the way that we talk about the, like the Jordan Montgomery's of the world, the, the, it's, it's good to have people who can field the ball. It's good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, especially if you're if you're it depends on how your rotation is built also, because if you've got a rotation with guys with a ton of swing and miss stuff, maybe then, you know, you're like, OK, maybe we can hold off on the de- the defense isn't as important. If you have a bunch of ground ball pitchers pitching yeah. contact guys, you're not going to survive without a good fielding third baseman. No, it's a good one. And also, like you said, the fret every time you have a. I think that history will suggest that anyone coming off a fractured pelvis has a huge year following that. I would have to do the research, but let's just say yes for the yeah, sake of making me look smart, right? Let's, let's, let's be honest. Fractured pelvis is always a low point of anyone's life. So uh, I, 
I can't even imagine the like the rehab oh, for that. Awful. That sounds awful. What do you think you have? I think I fractured my pelvis. Oh, okay. Um, all right, number four. Um, so there were, you know, there's a little more outfield depth than some of the other positions, but this is a guy that I don't think is really getting a lot of attention. And he was he was a non-tender, right? It's either a non-tender or his option wasn't picked up on, but he's been on some very good teams. He's done it in the postseason. He's not going to be contending for a batting title any soon, but Eddie Rosario is a guy that I think can help some teams that need a little bit of hitting, especially from the left side. He found his power stroke again last year, hit 21 homers, slashed uh, 450. It was a 255 batting average, 305 on base percentage. So it's definitely more of a power over hit, but it was 516 at bat, uh, plate appearances. There's he strikes out a bunch, 122 strikeouts in that. Um, but he was also a 2020. He was the the NLCS MVP uh, mm-hmm. in 2021, the year. Another free agent, Jorge Soler, who's in that top 20, was the World Series MVP. Um, he's done it. He's done it under the biggest under the biggest lights. Shoney still has a little bit left. 32 years old. That's a guy that can help some outfields if you're missing that one piece, bat him sixth or seventh. Yeah, you can That's move him around a little bit. All he does is win. All yeah. Win. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it's – yeah, it's – that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. It's – that's more more than the other guys, I think. I, I know that – what do you – he had over 500 at-bats, you said, yeah. right? Yeah, I think yeah. he's 560. He's more of a platoon guy. You really shouldn't yeah, play well, against lefties. Yeah, that's what I was say. Like, I know he played a lot, but – He's a good guy that you can pick your spots with. And if, if you know, I wouldn't want him over 500 bats, but. No, you're probably in trouble if that's happening, unless you're the Braves and you have more offense from your infield that you know what yeah. to do with. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. Excellent. Yeah. I'm I'm dying. I want to know who number five is because you're on a roll. Number yeah. So number five is the only relief pitcher I picked out for this right. because we you you know as well as I do, relief pitchers are incredibly volatile. You can have an amazing first half and then you lose a mile an hour on your fastball. You have two bad outings and the numbers get thrown off. But this is a guy that has such a high ceiling. I could see a team picking up on him and maybe he gets hurt or maybe he becomes the number one closer in the league. And that's Jordan Hicks. Mm. Um, Hard throwing righty. They tried to use him a little bit as a starter with the Cardinals and it just didn't really go very well. But um, they moved him back to the pen and he was good. And then he got traded to the Blue Jays and he was even better Uh, through 65 innings. A uh, bunch of different roles. He had 12 saves. Great strong. It was 65.2 innings, 81 strikeouts, 32 walks. So he's going to he, – you're fine bringing him in a key situation. You're not worried about him walking anybody. Uh, he's only 27 years old also. So he's uh, he came up young. You can sign him long term. He's already gone through – he had Tommy John surgery. So you're always a little bit nervous with guys that throw hard that maybe they hurt themselves. Already had gonna, it. With pitching, already it's everybody. Had it. He yeah, had it. Yeah. So, and with pitchers, also everybody's at injury risk. So you've got the best. This guy, I, I would say, there's a case that he has the best stuff outside of John Peter oh, in the bullpen. Ed, he's a guy. When you watch pitch, you're like, how does anyone hit this? Guy? Yeah. How is this guy? How are you making contact? If you're if you're putting him in the ninth inning, aren't you feeling pretty good for your team there? Yeah, unless he walks a bunch of people. But it's like it's you're right. I mean, the guy. All you have to do, but he owns baseball savant, right? You know, he owns it. He literally owns it. I think it's yeah. like he's as 
you talk about one of the hardest, consistently one of the hardest throwing guys. Um, and in a world that, you know, everybody throws hard, he throws even harder. And you just said his age. I mean, this is 27, 27, 27. And that's going to be an interesting contract because he's not a closer, but he could be a closer. But dude, does he get the, the, ooh, the coveted three year reliever deal? Does he get the three year reliever deal? I mean, you know what? Here's the great thing for him. If he does, he's still only 30, 31. Yep. It's, yeah. So he's, yeah. And my guess, how about I tell you what? Here's it. I have no inside knowledge of this. All I know is this. If he went to the Rays, so the Rays, oh obviously, God. anyone who goes to the Rays immediately becomes good pitchers anyway. <laughs> but but here's why I bring up the Rays, not only because the intrigue of Jordan Hicks going to the Rays, but because one of the things the Rays didn't have in their bullpen was hard throwers. And I know that at the deadline, they were looking for hard throwers. So I wonder if they're going to be able – now, you're going to have to pay and – you know, they're when we try to when you're getting rid of guys like Glass now and other guys, you're looking to shed money, but still for them, that might be too intriguing to pass up. So. That would be a really interesting fit. I could see that. Another fit I could see being the Texas Rangers, because they, you know, like if you want to do a repeat, somebody like him or Josh Hader give you a true blue fireballing closer, that might be the other guy. Plus, again, 27 years old. No. You can get no. this guy and you could have him there. For a few years, the Tommy John is behind him. Like, yeah. I wouldn't put him at. I wouldn't say, "Hey, you're a closer," because you just don't know how guys are going to handle that. But yeah, it's, he had some. He had twelve saves last year, so yeah. he's done a little yeah, bit. But I don't still, know, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's. I think it's. No one really talks about the reliever market very much. I mean, when they do, they talk, about hater. they talk about They talk about hater, and that's it. So. But, you know, Kimbrell's out there. Not that I would sign Kimbrell, but... Kimbrell and Chapman are, like, the veteran closer names that I think people have heard of. I don't know if there's somebody that I'd be too excited about either way. No. I tell you, uh, Robert Stevenson, and I know that's been a lot of Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought about him. It was between him and Hicks for my reliever pick, and I ended up going with Robert Stevenson, that'll be a really interesting contract because... In case people don't know him, he was actually on our podcast. He was great to talk to. But if you talk about a guy, he was a he was a guy who bounced around. Another perfect example of the race turned somebody around. But it was to such an extreme end. It was his whiff rate was just it not only was the best, it was the best, not even close. And yeah, so. Yeah, the concern with raised pitchers, though, and I, I always feel like this going into like free agency with them. It's sort of like uh, to make a, a football comparison. It's kind of like Bill Belichick's assistants leaving and going to other teams. Mm. It seems like they tend they don't do as well once they leave Tampa. And that's always the concern. Like these are guys that they just historically they they burn bright and then they go supernova. Well, it's and almost like. You know, I'm because tr- I was when as you were saying that I'm trying to think of guys who left Tampa. What happens is they usually get hurt before they can leave. Tampa, exactly. You know, so um, yeah, I yeah, it's that's a good that's a good one though. Jordan Hicks. I mean, it's to give an idea. Come back to a Red Sox example. 
when Chris Martin was signed last year, it was like, oh, okay, Chris Martin. That's fine. That's great. And then he ends up being, you know, on a bad team, but one of the best relievers. 1.05 ERA. I think he walked like six people or yeah, something it, insane it like that. Such an insane year. It's, it's so crazy. Um, all right. Now, the vaunted five point uh, or five B or yeah, five this half is... or six, whatever you want to call five it. Five B. The one that you that. just could not leave yeah. off your list. I couldn't leave him off the list. Um, right. And I also didn't have a catcher, and I wanted a catcher on the list. Right. I had everyone else, so they had to be included. Um, and this is, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Andrew Kinzer or okay. Kisner. Yeah. He was the understudy for years to Yadier Molina in uh, in Cleveland, not Cleveland, St. Louis, which another football reference that's kind of like being Tom Brady's backup. You're just not going to get the chance to play. Yeah. Um, and he hit the minors and he just he didn't he was never really able to put it all together in the majors to the point that rather than make him the new starter, the Cardinals signed Wilson Contreras to just take the bulk of that role. Hmm. But uh, when he did get the chance to play a bit more this year, he hit uh, he hit ten home runs in about in less than a half season of at bats. In uh, you know he's never had more than three hundred at bats and plate appearances, and that's why I'm a little concerned with you know does he would you hand him a starting role? I don't know, but the defense has always been considered pretty above average, and ten home runs out of your catching position out of your catcher. Out of a guy who didn't play anywhere close to a full season, that's that's interesting. And he's only twenty eight, yeah. So and catchers take a little longer to develop. Like twenty eight for a catcher isn't as old as twenty eight for like a first baseman or something like that. Uh, so yeah. he's inter- he's interesting. I could see a lot of different possibilities. But if you told me a team picked him up and made him their starting catcher, yeah, I'd say okay, let's see it. Let's well, see it. And one of the things is Ed, is that. You talk about everyone's talks about like how the teams need starters pitching, and we have the long list of teams. Oh, you need two starters. Teams desperate for catchers. They are desperate for catchers. I've heard more. Hey, you know we can trade for this guy, like Christian Vasquez. And I know there was a report, but I had heard it even before that about hey, like hey, what do you think about Christian Vasquez? What do you think about Christian Vasquez? I mean, and. Their teams are des- desperate for catchers, and th- that's a good example. And I know that the best catcher on the market is probably Garver, right? He's I mean, not even somebody that I think any team would feel comfortable catching like point. three or that's four days point. a week. He's not really even like a catcher. I mean, he's yeah. a catch, but it's – yeah, it's so it's uh, – and, and if you have a young catcher coming up, what you're talking about is someone, okay, you know, let's see if this guy hits, why this guy comes up, and we'll yeah. – it's, it's, that's a good one. And it's somebody a- like Kisner is interesting, too, because it's like, well, if he's so good, why did he get non-tendered? And it's like, well, they signed Wilson Contreras, and they had another guy, Ivan Herrera, right behind him who's younger, more controllable, and can play that back. And really, you're not starting Kisner over one of the best offensive catchers in the game in, uh, in Contreras. So it, it's a case of just him not being the right fit on that team, but for another team – he, yeah. he might be a really good fit. Uh, so yeah. I'm I'm high on him, but I also just – he's never had over 300 plate appearances. Yeah, but, you know, it's a perfect uh, example. When that deal happens, Ed, everyone's going to go, eh, okay, that's it. Although, I tell you what, if you want a deal, if you want to get traction for any news on a deal, you should do it now. You should do it, like, now. Because anybody <laughs> – everybody's starving for stuff. They're oh starving. God. 
it, you had you announced a signing uh, uh, oh, yesterday. That was, that was time. I mean, but that, that's the example. <laughs> but that's the example, right? It's like I'm in the the uh, uh, the eye doctor's office, and then Robert Murray comes out with they you the Dodgers are close. I'm not going to say if I had a pretty good idea that was close or not before, but anyway, like that happens, and then you just like boom. Boom, and then you, you know, whatever, advance it. But it's Joe Kelly, like, and for so he owns Saturday. Joe, the Joe Kelly News owns Saturday. Joe Kelly, one year deal, one year it's deal. Nothing else, though. It's been There's minor league else. deals, and we're salivating over the one. I mean, Power adds the to, to Cleveland. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, and, and even you know, like I Sunday as we're taping this right now, it's like, oh, Wade Miley, Milwaukee, like, okay. Like it's it's great, super, you know. So, uh, yeah. So uh, if Kinsner wants to actually get some traction, there you go. I because I do That's think time to do it, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I do think that we're getting to the point where where deals are going to have to. I think it's just it, the floodgates are going to open. I, yeah. I, no, and I should, should shouldn't say that. I don't think they're going to open like they used to, where everything was done before Christmas. But still, it's. It's like I'll give you an example. Last year, where you have Justin Turner and JD Martinez, one was affecting the other. That was like one of a million examples, but one was affecting the other. So when one comes off, the other goes. And actually, JD, he he found out like that Justin Turner was pretty much going to sign, so he didn't want to be left out. So he does the proactive thing, and then he actually signed first. Because he's like, I don't want to be left out. But one thing affects the other with all these positions. Yeah. So yeah, you don't you don't want it's like musical chairs. You don't want to be the only one that doesn't no, have a spot. No, no. And yeah, and uh so it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be a be a fun week. Thank you for helping us kick it off. Oh man, I'm I'm so amped up for Are it. You? This all is right. yeah, no, all this right. is this is fun. I don't want you to be let down when nothing happens. <laughs> it's uh, gonna be you're gonna see me next sunday and i'm just gonna be like rob nothing happened, yeah, like, nothing what, happened. what was i getting excited about in celebration of opening day we've got a special episode of the moth podcast for you the theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people i gaze out at the players on the field and then i uh i look over at my dad and i i realize that in the silence between us that something has changed it's like i'm seeing him for the first time Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.